0: It is Monday, December 20th. This week in real estate news, it is still a hot seller's market, but there are some misconceptions about what it means to be in this seller's market, particularly on the side of the sellers. Also, contractors are hard to find amid this renovation boom that we're having with people doing a lot of work to their homes and the whole work from home Mm -hmm. phase that we're in right now. So... Moving on from there, we also have the White House, which is seeking increased oversight on all cash deals. Lastly, down payments are reaching new record highs. Surprising, considering that home prices are also on the rise, so you'd imagine down payments are also on the rise as well. But there are some other reasons in addition to just the rise in home prices as to why those down payments are reaching new highs as well. So that is what we have for you this week on the Real Estate For All podcast. Getting things kicked off with our first story of the week. The housing market is hot, but some homeowners may overestimate just how hot it is when they go to sell. So real estate professionals share with Realtor.com a few unrealistic expectations that some of the sellers have had, such as their home has doubled in value since they bought it, and that they shouldn't have to make any repairs before closing. So being in this hot seller's market, there are a lot of people that obviously who are looking to sell want top dollar for their home. Understandably so being in this seller's market, you can price your home for higher than what you would have been able to price it for two years ago. However, doubling in value sometimes when that home was purchased a year ago, even three years ago, can be a little bit unrealistic, especially considering the uh, conditions under which it was purchased. So one of the biggest mistakes, and this is a quote from a real estate salesperson uh, in New York that said, one of the biggest mistakes that sellers can make is going with aspirational pricing just because it's the seller's market. We've seen many deals get multiple offers and go at over asking price, but they almost always stem from buyers sensing some form of value. So it is the buyers that drive you know, the pricing of a home, not the sellers. The sellers want a particular price, but it's the buyers who will ultimately determine whether or not that home is worth what that seller is selling the house for. And I think that's key to remember, especially if you are a seller as well. Being in this seller's market, if you're looking to sell, maybe you have a second property that you wanna cash out at top dollar for and wait for the market to drop and get back in again. Everyone wants top dollar for their home when you're a seller selling. But it's it's important to remember that even though we're in a seller's market, it's not the sellers that drive the price. It's the buyers that determine whether that price is worth paying.
1: Exactly. It's the competition between the buyers that is going to move that price upward. And you always, sellers, we want you to keep in mind that setting a, a fair price, market value for your property is the smartest move for you to make. And just as Frederick was saying, let the buyers drive your price up. If you come in with an overpriced property, then the buyers that would have generally come to your property are no longer interested because they see that you are probably an unreasonable Mr. or Mrs. Seller from the beginning because they say, oh, they're already way off the, the charts now in their price. So we know we're not going up. They're not going to be negotiable. So let's move on to the next pro- uh, property. So you can very well price yourself out of the market by being overly aggressive in your pricing. And no, you mentioned the repairs. A lot of sellers think that they don't have to make repairs because the market is so hot. I think a lot of that might come stem from the fact that Everyone is getting these letters in the mail. We will buy your home for cash. No repairs. Just you sell it to us. We'll handle the details. No issue. We close on the day you want to close on. Yes, they will not require you to make repairs, Mr. or Mrs. Seller, but what they will do is reduce the amount of money to compensate for the repairs. That they are going to offer you, they will. it For example, if you are asking three hundred for your property and you need fifty thousand dollars of repairs done, then they are going to make that adjustment in pricing and not ask you to make those repairs. So yes, it's a hot market, but it's a hard market for smart sellers.
0: And uh, on that topic of repairs, it's important to know also that homeowners many homeowners potential buyers still want repairs to be made investors may be willing to overlook some repairs because they may you know finagle the purchase price a little bit or offer a lower price in consideration of the pay repairs that may need to be made on the property however many buyers are in search of a home that is move-in ready one that they can just move straight into don't have to do any work they know the home is in good condition even better if you got a homeowner's warranty that's coming along with that but that is important to know as well and the last thing i'll say is that when it comes to pricing a home it is to the seller's benefit to not just shoot for the moon but to shoot for a realistic price that is conducive of the market that we're living in. I say that because the first two weeks that that home is on the market are the most key Mm -hmm. of that home being on the market. Mm -hmm. And if you price your home well above what it's worth, the buyers are going to see that. And the longer that house sits on the market, the more unfavorable it looks to potential buyers who are looking for a place to purchase. So making sure you have accurate pricing at the beginning does yourself a a service as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So just Mm -hmm. keep that in mind when you're going to purchase homes as well. Moving on to our next topic, homeowners have been busy sprucing up their properties during the pandemic. And you can't blame them because now everybody's working from home, uh, or at least a lot of the work from home shifts started after the pandemic started last year in March. So... With that, even as the year winds down, these desires aren't fading. So more than 70% of U.S. homeowners recently surveyed said they are planning or considering a home renovation project before the end of the year. And be it that we are already in December, you have a lot of people that are planning for next year to get their homes renovated. And this is according to a survey from DeWalt, which is a tool manufacturer. So they're focused on bathrooms, kitchens, bedrooms, porches, patios, decks and landscaping projects in that order. And that was according to the survey as well. So it's hard to find a contractor these days. And that's where the the caveat comes in. People wanna get the work done, but you need people to do the work because a lot of homeowners aren't handy people. Um, They could do the work, but it's gonna look like a patch job. And when you want something that looks professional, particularly for a house that you're staying in, even more so for a house that you might be selling, you want someone who's gonna get this job done right and get it done right the first time. So contractors are in short supply and it's hard to find a good contractor, which I believe was the case before the pandemic. Um, You've had some people that had some horror stories with contractors, but even more so now with just the shortage of skilled labor in contracting and plumbing and electrical work and trying to find that now when everyone is wanting to renovate their homes to be more conducive to the life that they're living now, whether it's work from home or whether you have the kids at home now because the kids aren't in school um, and some people have shifted to homeschool, whatever the case may be, it's hard to find a contractor to get the work done that you need done to make your your house more of a home for the lifestyle that you're living now.
1: Absolutely. It is difficult to find a contractor and especially one that will go the extra step, get the, license, the permits needed to uh, make sure your property is being permitted and making sure that you get someone that is licensed is, is uh, one thing that's key as well. I know it for myself, I have been wanting to do some repairs and having challenges with the same thing because there's those shortages on supplies. One being paint, there were some paint colors that were just not available yet, and I don't know if you've ever experienced and you trying to sample colors and you go to the paint store and they sell you a little small amount for a paint sample. well, they weren't doing that anymore for a long, long time because of the shortage, so the shortage of materials and the shortage of of reliable workers and making for a tough situation and a long wait for homeowners to get their their uh desired renovations completed.
0: 84% of the consumers that were surveyed say that they plan to use a professional contractor for their project, but more than half of the respondents, about 56%, who reached out to a contractor said that they were told they would have to wait at least 3 months for the work to start. So, in my mind, because I tend to think more long term, three months is not that bad. I guess some people are wanting stuff done more immediately. And we live in a culture that caters more to the immediate gratification of what people want. Um, People want what they want, and they want it now. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I can understand that. Um, But that is currently what we're looking at right now. And in our renovation market.
1: Some of the repairs have been additions are wanting to be added to the uh, home as well because of the multi-generational housing that is growing right now. So a lot of families are coming together and living together. So repairs for that, additions on the property for that as well. So, and at the same time, then the other factor is, is there were a lot of natural disasters that, were taking, that has happened, and those natural disaster calls for contractors to come in and help with the repairs, and the, in some cases, unfortunately, the rebuilding of properties that were totally destroyed. So there is a demand out there, and guess what? As in anything, they choose in which projects they're wanting to work on.
0: And that's actually the point I was going to hit on as well, that the U.S. had 22 disasters that caused a record high of one billion or more in damages Mm -hmm. uh, last year. So that definitely impacted, in addition to the pandemic, all of the need for contractors and skilled laborers to renovate these homes and rebuild homes on top of the housing shortage that we have. And those contractors also being needed to build homes that we don't have to help aid in the housing shortage that we have or help alleviate some of the housing shortage that we have. Moving on from your home to the president's home, the White House seeks increased oversight on all-cash deals. So the Biden administration is asking for greater reporting requirements on all-cash real estate transactions as it tries to crack down on money laundering in real estate. So the expanded regulations could force title companies to turn over information about cash, purchase, about cash purchases from sale companies in more metro areas. So currently, title insurance companies only... And only 12 metro areas are required to file reports that identify customers who make all cash purchases of residential real estate through shell companies if the transaction is greater than 300,000. So the new regulations could expand report requirements to cover the entire U.S. So again, there's currently only title insurance companies in 12 metro areas that require that reporting if the sale of real estate through a shell company is higher than 300,000. So these new regulations that the White House is looking to implement could expand that reporting requirement to to cover the entire country. This is being done to help crack down on potential money laundering that could happen in the field of real estate.
1: And before we go any further, let's just uh, let's just clear what a shell company is. And a shell company is a company that basically remains inactive and is only used as a vehicle for various financial maneuvers. So they only use that company to move money through it and it stays dormant otherwise. And so those are the types of companies that the, the, the White House is wanting to make sure they are not taking those funds that would gain, however, the White House deemed inappropriately, and they're not using real estate to hide those funds in. So, I remember years ago when I was in real estate, it was nothing for someone to come to the closing table with a briefcase of cash, (laughs) you know. So they cracked down on that, but you know. There's the saying, where, where there's a wheel, there's a way. And so this has now become another way, another avenue to still put that money, and hide it in real estate investments.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah. So every time you open up a door to try and create a better way forward, there's a back door that people who want to participate in illicit activity, um, whatever it might be, uh, corrupt illicit activities, selling of drugs or whatever, they're going to find a backdoor in and find some loophole or some way to try and use it to their advantage. Mm -hmm. So that is what the White House is trying to crack down on and create increased transparency in the real estate sector. They believe that ultimately this is going to be for the best interest of the public um, to have these regulations in place and have them country, or excuse me, yes, have them, nationwide. So earlier this year, Congress did pass legislation requiring shell companies with 20 or fewer employees and less than 5 million in annual sales to report ownership information to the department. So some critics of the law have complained that the extra reporting requirements have created additional legal costs for some small businesses. So there is that other side of it that you do want to be aware of that there are people who are legitimately doing uh, work through shell companies and this might create another step in the process from them trying to do whatever it is that they're trying to do. However, knowing that shell companies have also been used largely by people trying to launder money um, that was gained you know, through corrupt or illicit activity. They feel that the juice is worth the squeeze to have these <laughs> regulations in place and yes. make sure that we're we're just doing whatever we can to keep the best interest of the public and keep these things from happening so easily. Moving on to our last story of the week, down payments reach a new high. So the national median down payment hit its highest level since at least 2005. And this is according to Adam Data Solutions reports. So the median down payment on a single family home purchased with financing in the third quarter was $27,500. That's up 41% from 19500 which was in the third quarter of 2020. So in just a year, we've seen a 41% jump in the amount And the average down payment being paid on the, you know, single family home purchase with financing. So overall, the median down payment of, you know, 27,500 represented 8% of the national median sales price for homes purchased with financing in the third quarter, which is up 6.5% from a year earlier. So down payments, as you would expect, are creeping up as housing prices creep up because the percentage, particularly if you're using FHA financing, that you need to have for down payment is 3.5%. That 3.5% has not changed. It's the same. So if 3.5% of a home that was 200000 that's now 300000 you would expect that down payment to go up as well. Mm. However, with the huge increase that we've had over the last year and a half, two years with this boom in housing prices, down payments have also shot up through the roof as well. But that's not the only reason that down payments have shot up. Uh, You want to tell us about what that other reason is?
1: Well, down payments have shot up because when you bring your offer to the table and there are multiple offers on the table, the seller is considering those offers typically based upon who has the most commitment in this who has the most interest coming to the table. And that is judged by someone who's willing to put more money down. That particular loan seems to be winning out over the three and a half percent. Someone putting down 20%. Why? Because they see it as a loan most likely to close. If someone is coming to the table with the minimal amount then they see that as potentially someone who's on the edge. They're just doing what they need to do to just slide into a house. But the commitment level of putting 20% down, that awakens the eyes of sellers even more because guess what? They say this person is not just trying to slide in here, they're committed to this transaction. And so they know that those funds have been verified by the lender as well. So they see it as a sure close for them.
0: When you're out there purchasing a home, um, you want to put your best foot forward and having that higher down payment um, in conjunction with a higher earnest money that you might put in when you submit your offer, that makes your offer stand out potentially above the other offers that are being put in, particularly if it's a bidding war situation so
1: and you mentioned earnest money that is so so true because if you have two offers that are pretty much identical in pricing and terms because you have to remember terms is a big thing that you need to consider with your offer but if one is offering say 2,000 in earnest money and the other one is offering 5,000 in earnest money guess which one looks the best it is the $5,000 one. And the seller said even more commitment. They both want to put down 20, 20%. However, one is saying, look, we we'll are go for it. We're going we're gonna to put more down for our earnest money and we're good for it.
0: And all this free money that the government just printed up throughout the pandemic and putting everybody's bank accounts has given us a lot more money that we could have in our savings account to put towards a down payment, so thank you Uncle Sam for all of that, I guess. <laughs> uh, inflation to follow. But um, yes, uh, th- there that is not without its effects on the economy with the trillions and trillions of dollars that were just put up and uh, sent out to people, understandably to try and help stimulate the economy and hurt those, help those who are hurting and experience the job loss. But um, there, there are definitely the effects of the economy there. But I know that also created some opportunities for people to have money for down payments on houses as well, albeit those houses are now 40% higher than what they were prior to the pandemic starting. But I guess you can't have it both ways, you know, so give here, take there um, and vice versa.
1: If they were smart about the usage of that money that they received, then guess what? It can put them in a better position financially.
0: Well, that's all we have for you today. Thank you for tuning in. We encourage you to please subscribe to the podcast and rate us and review us. We'd like to know what you like and how we can improve. Cynthia and myself are affiliated with Alert, a licensed real estate brokerage and real estate school. So whether you're looking to buy and sell a home or become a licensed salesperson or broker, We hope you'll give us the opportunity to help you achieve those goals. Just looking for free information, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram or visit the website at alertpropertiesre.com. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing.